You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, Episode 11, brought to you by Denal Boyd Photography. Visit Denal underscore Boyd, that's D-O-N-A-L underscore B-O-Y-D, on Instagram, or Denal Boyd Photography on Facebook, for Denal's breathtaking photography from all around the world. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. It would be insufferable to get through 30 minutes of this if I actually enjoyed hearing what you have to say. And Please didn't shut up. Aggressively shut disagree. up. Um, will music be dubbed over this section so like, I have to be talking kind of like I'm talking over music, music and like fun? Will, I'll put the music in slowly. Probably now. Derek and Steve present BC football season, mm-hmm. which we want to spend as little time possible talking about. What football season? The, exactly. You, now you're thinking. All the sides are good unless you pick creamed onions. Then you're my dad, and you're a crazy person. I would text Doug to tell him to listen, but my text would just go to outer space and never come back. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 11. I'm Derek. This is Steve. Steve, how's it going? Double digits. We're still there. Double digits. We're still in double digits. Um, We were double digits last week. Um, Still in double digits, but 11 has a nice ring to it. It does. It does. Um, I'm excited. We've got actually a very good episode. Two special guests. Yep, two um, special guests. Not a lot of sports. A lot of good bachelor talk. Yeah. Um, we have a sport that people may not know much about, which we hinted at last um, week. So we actually have a very good show for you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is the first one really that's not heavy at all on sports. In fact, no mainstream sports talk really for us today. So except for maybe our, our final drive, we'll do some mainstream. Uh, one topic that's uh, locally hitting mainstream. That's huge. One topic that's, that's, that's really quite big. large. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so we'll get to that in the in my final drive, and I think maybe Steve as well. But uh, for the opening kickoff, uh, so quickly, I'll introduce what's going to happen in this in this episode. We have four quarters again today. The first quarter is an interview with Joey Gomez, who's a UFC fighter. So we'll get to that. That's a, a very a legit UFC a, fighter, actual UFC fighter who was not, signed by the UFC last month. So yes. uh, legitimate interview there, and, and very interesting uh, perspective there from Joey. Uh, the second quarter, we will have uh, an old expert of ours that's back joining us in studio, James Murphy. Uh, with Murphy's Law to talk about anything that can be watched and will be watched with the Oscars coming up. Uh, the third quarter will be about The Bachelor as usual. Uh, actually, normally it's the fourth quarter that's The Bachelor. And then the fourth quarter, we're going to talk about a local topic, which was a really, really cool event that we did this past weekend yes. that you guys are going to be interested in. So lots going on. But first, before we get to our interview with Joey, we have hashtag Daytona Day. Hashtag Daytona Day. And this was an, uh, an idea that Steve had in one of our previous episodes that was a great idea. Yes. And, and the Daytona 500 was obviously on Sunday. And yeah, Sunday was hashtag Daytona Day. Um, we did about as much as we could to celebrate Daytona Day, knowing about as much as we do about NASCAR. Right. Um, I didn't watch any of the race, because that's not what Daytona Day is all about. Correct. Daytona Day is about, which is exactly what we did, which is you, you drink some beer. Well, we didn't drink beer, because we gave it up. <laughs> but um, Exactly. Whoever else is celebrating Daytona Day. Drinks beer. Drinks some alcohol. Make some really crappy southern food. We chose nachos. Yep. Delicious. Yep. Um, and then read about who won the Daytona right. race about four hours after it happens. And yeah. it was great. And this one was a photo finish. Photo finish. Probably, if we were to actually watch it, maybe the most interesting race we ever would have watched. Yeah, exactly. But so that's not what it's about. Yeah. Um, so Daytona Daytona huge. Day was huge success. I loved it. I loved, more, I loved talking about it more than I loved actually celebrating it, but... <laughs> Small steps. The actual celebration was a little anticlimactic, but we've gotten some good feedback that Daytona Day is a great idea. And in all seriousness, it might be their way to get that day to be a big thing is to take the horse racing approach and just try to push that one day. One day. Um, NASCAR needs one day. Because if you're going to watch NASCAR regularly, you're you're already doing it. You're already doing it. Yes. Um, So you'll get a lot of fans to at least maybe pick a favorite person because that's all you really need. Like I now have a favorite UFC fighter because of this interview. (laughs) And that's all you really yeah, need. You exactly. just need fans to have one favorite. You got to start somewhere. So, uh, so there it is, Daytona Day. Uh, good success, and next year we'll report back on it and see if we can up the ante a little bit for next year's Daytona Day. Eighty-nine percent Steve there Nicholas you avocados. There you go. Certified Perfect. guac. Certified Daytona guac, Day. especially with the nachos. So, uh, so that's Daytona Day, and now we'll move to our interview with Joey, which you guys will enjoy, and we'll come back after that for the second quarter. It's time for the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. All right, and now joining us over the phone, we have United States Marine Corps veteran and current UFC fighter Joey Gomez. Joey, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. 
Absolutely, man. I'm glad to be here. So, Joey, uh, I guess we'll get right into it. And first, uh, we, you know, looking at your profile, uh, I saw that you began uh, training for MMA during your first tour in Iraq in 2006. So tell us a little bit about kind of what made you transition from that point into actually kind of pursuing MMA as a career. Okay, so in 2006, I was in Iraq uh, the first time. You know, I was 19 years old, just, just young and dumb and just wanted, just, I just needed to be violent, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, being that young, going to Iraq the first time, I came back and I had no outlet, you know what I mean? It's like they let a dog out of the cage for nine months and then you get back to the States and it's like, okay, you got to be a normal human being again. So, like, I, just, I was just yearning for that, that, just that outlet, you know what I mean? That, that combative, that just, that competitiveness, that raw, just letting it all hang out, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I've been watching USC now for a little bit uh, back at that time. I was like, you know what, I want to do this. So uh, when I came home from Iraq, I actually sought out a couple gyms, you know, I ended up finding a gym called Island Boxing and Fitness, which was ran by Ms. Corbray in uh, Bluffton, South Carolina. And uh, I walked into that gym and I was just like, you know, hey, my name's Joey Gomez and I want to fight. <laughs> it was like... So I was like, all right, cool, you know, you know, how long have you been training? I was like, well, I wrestled in high school, and I'm in the Marine Corps, so I'm good. <laughs> like, all right, how many years have you been doing martial arts? And I was like, you know, like I said, I wrestled, but I'm in the Marine Corps, so, so we'll be okay. He's like, why don't you come to pro practice, and we'll see what you got. So uh, I came back later on that day during pro practice, and I saw all the fighters walk in, and I was like, ooh, ah, like all these, you know, world beater dudes, like coming in through the doors, yeah, and, uh, you know, Class started and those dudes just beat me up. They kicked me in the face, punching me in the head, submitting me at will, throwing me everywhere. So at the end of practice, I went over to Miss and I was like, maybe I should wait for that fight. You know, and uh, I was in the gym six days a week after that. Like, you know, the only reason I wasn't in there seven was because I didn't have a key yet. And, uh, you know, I think it was four months, five months later, I had my first fight. Nice. Um, and so. Speaking of that aggression, you've been you've earned the nickname, which I think is one of the coolest nicknames I've ever heard, of the KO King. Um, and <laughs> you, you apparently you won your first six professional fights all by knockout in the first round. Um, so can you explain a little bit about like how how you go about a fight? Do you try to knock them out in the first round, and and what would be your go to knockout if you had if you had to call your go to? Like my favorite knockout? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, so the, the, the name K.O. King came from Ross Levine. Uh, you know, I, like, like you said, I've been knocking everybody out in the first round, and it kind of sticks. My my name originally was War Machine, but ooh, that kind of nice. got messed up during that whole uh, that whole stint there in Vegas. So I had to change my nickname to K.O. King, which was great because I kind of like it better now. Uh, but as far as looking for the knockout, I'm never really looking for the knockout. And when you knock somebody unconscious, it feels like you hit nothing. Like, you don't even feel it. Like, you just you just punch. And, like, it takes a second for your brain to register what happened. Like, you hit them, and then they fall, and you're like, oh, my God, i got to jump on top of them and keep it in, keep in the face. You know? So, it's, I'm never looking for it. My last fight, I was looking for the knockout, and I, I got stuck in the mud. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, like, when you knock somebody out and you land a clean punch like that, you, you, you very rarely do you feel it, you know? Especially when it's right on the chin. Like, if you hit somebody in the temple, you'll probably hit it, you'll feel it more because the head is harder. Right, but the chin, right. it's just, it just moves with you. And right. my favorite knockout, unfortunately, because I love Cushman, he's, uh, Cush, Joe Cushman is actually a good buddy of mine now. But uh, when I fought Joe Cushman for the reality fighting title at Mohegan Sun, it was, uh, I caught him with a right uppercut that just floored him. And then I finished <laughs> him with one of strike. Nice. 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 That's great. Um, so, so another thing about UFC fighters, I know oftentimes they'll go several months in between fights. Um, I'm curious, you know, from, from a regular sports fan, fan perspective, a lot of times, you know, we're used to seeing sporting events so frequently, uh, in the lower levels of fighting, was it the same thing? Was it, is it several months between fights or is that kind of more as you go higher up in the ranks, you require more time to recover? Uh, no, yes and no. So depending on your last fight, it's going to depend on how much time you really need to, uh, to recover. Like if you're in a war, like a three round war, you're going to need like a month to get your brain back, you know, working the right way. And then, you know, and then maybe even another month to recover from, like, you know, leg kicks or, you know, a broken rib, broken hand. So it all depends on how much damage you took in your last, last fight. At one point, I was fighting every three weeks for six months. Wow. wow. You know what I mean? As an amateur, you know. Uh, so it, it really depends on if you're getting, if, like, how much damage you take in the last fight. Uh, but, like, if you're active, 
they say four fights a year is pretty active. You okay. know, we right, fighting right. every three months. You know what I mean? So you'll do like an eight-week camp, and then you'll take like a month off. And by I mean like a month off, I mean you're still training, but you're not training in full fight camp. You know what I mean? You know, right. two, three times a day, five, six days a week. Uh, but like like me, my next fight probably won't be until September. So that's nine months in between fights. Wow. Right, right. Um, and so to jump off that, what is one thing, because um, like we said, a lot of our fans um, are UFC fans, but a lot don't know anything about UFC. Uh, what is something that most people might not know about the life of a UFC fighter? It's <laughs> the life of a UFC fighter. So it's, being first of all, being able to say that you fight in the UFC is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I, I yeah. still pretty amped about it like people are like oh you fight I'm like yeah i fight and you know i punch a kick here and there i'm like oh well, where do you fight like well i fight for the ufc and they're like no way <laughs> yeah but making it to the ufc is supposedly the easy part you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i, I kind of believe that with my whole heart uh getting to the ufc is the easy part staying in the ufc where you're competing against the best in the world the level of dedication and and obsession that you need to be successful at this level is it's mind blowing. Like some of the most dedicated people in the world are fighting for this organization, you yeah, know? Right. And 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 making it to the UFC is isn't easy, you know. Like my first pro fight, I made I think it was three fifty and three fifty. Three hundred and fifty dollars to show, three hundred and fifty dollars to win. You know what I mean? You can't feed a family off that. Right. I was working a full time job, you know, training before before work at five, like, you know, four fifty, five o'clock in the morning and then going after work from 5 o'clock in the afternoon to 9 o'clock at night, just grinding, grinding, you know, in in pursuit of a dream that, you know, that some people spend their entire career and never make it. Right, right. So, I mean, I think the guys at the lower level, like the serious guys at the lower level are the ones that, like, you have to take your hat off to. You know, obviously everybody in the UFC is great, but, like, those kids that are out there grinding every single day, you know, chasing the dream, like, that's just admirable. Right, right. And it's something you went through to climb through the ranks to be able to finally get to the UFC. Um, and so Absolutely. so this year, in 2016, uh, congratulations on that, by the way, finally signing with the UFC. And so I guess that leads me to my next question. You mentioned September is your next fight. Um, so what's next? What's on the horizon? Uh, what you know? What's your fight card? Who are you facing? And kind of what's coming up in your life, you know, leading up to that September fight? Well, right now, we're, I'm, in, I'm in transitions right now. I'm currently living in... Uh, New Hampshire, and I'm going to be moving uh, back to Southern California, and I'll be training full time with my with the team that I came up with, Team Quest, Dan Henderson's gym. So oh, nice. I'll be going back to Team Quest, and I'll, I'm going to be getting ready for my next fight. I'm hoping to fight September. Nothing's been official. Nothing's been signed. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But we're targeting, you know, September, December, the latest. Hopefully, like, I mean, I don't really care where I fight just as long as I fight. You know? Right. Right. Um, all right, and now I know you don't know us very well, Joey, but if you had to pick, who would win in a, a UFC fight between uh, Steve or Derek? <laughs> uh, who was the one talking? I was just Steve was just talking. Okay, Steve was talking. Then I have to say Derek. What? <laughs> Worst guess we've ever had. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, bud. <laughs> all right, well, Joey Gomez, thank you very much. We really appreciate the time. And uh, we'll have to check back in with you when the September-December fight is finalized, and we'll make sure all our fans are watching. Absolutely, guys. Uh, you have my phone number. Give me a shout every time. I do. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, Joey. No problem, guys. All right. Thanks again to Joey Gomez. A really, really great interview there. We didn't know what to expect, and his perspective, I think, was something people will probably find very interesting. I am very excited to ha- now have a favorite UFC fighter, and I may have to watch the next yeah, fight. I, I, I want to watch it. September, it's not for a while, but... We'll buy pay-per-view, do yeah. a hashtag Joey Gomez day. <laughs> exactly. And and he did mention how tough it is to stay in the UFC. So hopefully he keeps training hard. And he, and like he said, he, nothing's solidified yet as far as his next fight. So And we'll follow up with him. I yeah, mean, it, it's a very interesting. Like we, we actually, I'm interested to see how his yeah. training goes. I know the, the first fight he said didn't go as planned, right. but I would love for, for it's him a good to make learning it big. Experience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Uh, definitely we'll stay updated on Joey Gomez and uh, thank you again uh, Joey for the interview there in the first quarter so uh, now moving to the second quarter we have Murphy's Law and Murphy's Law segment is brought to you by amydoingthings.com amydoingthings.com is a blog by Amy who occasionally does things Eleanor Roosevelt once said do something every day that scares you Amy thinks that every day is slightly ambitious but is willing to try for once a week 
So read more at amydoingthings.com. And so that's our sponsor for this segment. And now I introduce our guest for the segment, which is the notorious James Murphy, who is making his second appearance on our podcast. James, how's it going? It's going great, guys. How are you? I'm doing, doing well. great. But uh, I, I thought you guys brought me here to talk about The Bachelor. No, uh, I am completely unprepared today. <laughs> no, we, we have a lot of Bachelor talk to go over. We, need, we definitely need some Oscar talk in our lives. All right. I think I might be able to handle... Awesome. Discussing the Oscars. Fantastic. So the Oscars are next Sunday, uh, as everybody knows. So James is our TV and movie expert, and particularly today we're going to go with TV. So we're going to uh, let we're going to let you kind of run yeah, the, the show. Driver. You we'll we'll throw in some opinions, but you're the expert, so lay it on us, and we'll give we'll let you have the floor. All right, we'll do. Well, if this is your first time hearing me on the Derek and Steve podcast, my the name of my segment is Murphy's Law. Because anything that can be watched will be watched. Um, and the Oscar movies this year are no exception. Uh, it's my favorite time of, time of the year. It's uh, award season. Uh, we had the Golden Globes a couple weeks ago, the Oscars last weekend, which are, sorry, the, the Grammys, Grammys last yeah. weekend, which really isn't much of an award ceremony. It's more just celebrities and, yeah. and uh, musicians. Uh, Fun, though. It's a fun time. Grammys but it's, was fun. It's really not much of an awards ceremony. No. Right. But it doesn't have as much clout as the Oscars th- uh, does this year. So uh, the Oscar nominees or the Oscar awards, there are a, a bunch of different awards to, given out throughout the night. Um, and I'm only going to discuss kind of the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, the major ones. The major ones. Um, that's Best Picture, Actor and Actresses in a Leading Role, um, and then Actor and Actresses in Supporting Role, and then Director. Cool. Um, and then we'll see how, where it goes from there. Yeah, let's start with it. So, best picture. What are you thinking? So, well, so run through the the list for the people nominees, too, because right, right. then people may not know the nominees. So, do you want to stop start at the cream of the crop, or do you want to work? Uh, Actually, yeah, let's work backwards. Let's, let's end. Work let's backwards. Backwards. Best best save it for best yeah. picture. All right. Yeah. Um, so first, I'm going to get to directing. Um, the five pictures nominated for uh, best director are The Big Short. Mad Max Fury Road, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. So I've actually seen all of these movies. Oh, nice. Wow, expert. Um, yeah, it's, you, you guys didn't bring me <laughs> on here for nothing. Um, uh, the Big Short is directed by Adam McKay, who is a director known for super notable films such as Step Brother, Anchorman, and Talladega Nights. Yes. Not necessarily known for dramas like The Big Short. Um and then we also have Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller, which was uh, an intense, adrenaline-packed movie-going yes. experience, as Steve might be able to attest to. <laughs> I loved it. I loved Mad Max. Uh, I, I will attest. Yeah, I was. Grip- I think we saw it together, actually. We act. We saw it at in the same theater, and you happened to be there, and we were like, "Oh, super right. coincidental." <laughs> yeah. Made the movie even better. <laughs> Uh, and then The Revenant, directed by Alejandro Inarritu, he won last year for directing Birdman, um, and he's also directed Gravity, and The Revenant was another one of, uh, another awesome movie to add to his growing list of directorial um, pictures. And then we also have Room, directed by Lenny Abr- Abramson. Um, he's done some indie films in the past that I haven't seen, uh, but Room was an excellent film and is worthy of, of, the, of the nomination. And then finally, we have Spotlight, directed by Tom McCarthy, who, fun fact, is a BC alumni, actually. Oh, All wow. Right. Nice. Um, and as fellow BC alumni, I feel like we should pull for him, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and select The Revenant, I think. Yeah. It's going to win for uh, Alejandro Inarritu. You may not know this, but has there ever been a back-to-back director, director win? win? I have no idea. Wow. But Drake, Drake's <laughs> theme song would play, or Drake's back-to-back song would play <laughs> yes. as Alejandro Inarritu was walking up, if that happens. <laughs> Didn't he won a lot of stuff for Gravity, too? If, if, I mean, maybe not Best not, Picture. Yeah, best, but, but he, like, won, he won at least a decent amount, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think I think The Revenant is the most nominated picture of the night. Um, I think it's something like 12 different nominations. And wow. I think uh, the directing will be one of the, the categories that they, uh, they win. We're gonna hold you to this and, and give you at next grade episode. Yeah. We're gonna grade you on how how many how many is there six, uh, six yeah six. How many you go for for six? Yeah, and if you're less, less than forty percent, uh, I think Kenny's gonna replace you. So oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I think I think I'm, I'll get over forty. <laughs> so there we go. So right, there, there's four. directing. So now moving to actors in a supporting role. Actors what are you thinking? In a supporting role, a category I basically know nothing about because honestly, some of the, I haven't seen um, most of the movies on here. 
Uh, the first is Jennifer Jason Lee in The Hateful Eight. I unfortunately haven't seen it. I did see that movie. I'll I'll give you the spiel. Um, it was terrible. It was really <laughs> really bad. Really. Yep. Awful. Well acted. Uh, I mean, I can see why she was nominated, but the movie itself was a qu- typical Quentin Tarantino movie. No real point and just overly gory and overly confusing for the sake of it. That's what Quentin Tarantino movies are all about. Yes, yeah, so it was totally that. So if you're not if you I guess you're not into his other movies. Nope. All right. Yeah, it comes down to <laughs> it's come down to whether you like it or not. I think yeah. we talked about this before. Um it was very much in line with the rest of his movies, I think. So. But it, it was I will say it was very well acted. Every actor or actress on there could have been nominated. Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah, I mean he had a star studded cast. I think Jennifer Jason Lee was one of the only leading females yep. in the movie. So to carry her weight with a cast like that, it's it speaks highly of, of her acting skills in itself and fun fun fact, Channing Tatum's in that movie. Yeah. 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 I heard about that. He he's a, he's actually been in a lot of movies this year, but he's not um a lot of good movies this year, Cohen's brother film and a Tarantino film. Wow. Um, getting to act with those both those directors is an actor's dream come true, but he's unfortunately not anywhere on these lists today, so <laughs> we will not talk about Channing Tatum anymore. Um, also nominated is Rooney Mara uh, for Carol, a movie about uh, a lesbian relationship back in the early, late 1800s. A movie I obviously did not go see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next is Rachel McAdams in Spotlight. I actually saw Spotlight. Spotlight was awesome. Um, Rachel McAdams held her own in another star-studded cast in Spotlight. Um, I thought she did very well, but I didn't think she had enough material to kind of stand out and, and win the best actress in a supporting role. Um, and we'll move on to the next uh, nominee, Alicia Vikander in The Danish Girl, a movie about uh, transgender, cross-dressing, uh, male... Also in the late 18, Der- 1800s. Derek loved that movie. <laughs> Another movie I didn't go see. <laughs> Derek, did you see that? No, I did not see that. <laughs> uh, I've had Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. Um, Another movie I didn't see. So this <laughs> category really isn't one that I can speak to any expertise about. But uh, Alicia Vikander won The Danish Girl for The Danish Girl uh, during the Golden, Golden Globes. And the Golden Globes usually speak... Are, are a good predictor uh, for how the Oscars will pan out. Um, so that's your pick? That is. I'm going to go with her. She's right. also very attractive, <laughs> um, which s- gets a lot of points in my book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So um, now next we have... On to actor, actor in a supporting, supporting role. Actor in a supporting role. So this one I can speak better t- to about. Uh, more movies, more actors uh, of my style. First is Christian Bale in The Big Short. Um, he didn't do any dramatic weight gain or loss like he's known for. Yeah. Um, but he definitely, you know, s- stood out and um, delivered, you know, a, a great performance. Um, next is Tom Hardy in The Revenant. He played kind of the the foil to Leonardo DiCaprio, um, who's also nominated. I heard for that movie during a leading role. And I heard that movie doesn't have much dialogue at all. It doesn't have much dialogue, but honestly, the the acting is also about. Not just dialogue, but also kind of the interaction physically with the other actors and the environment surrounding them. So Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio both uh, acted without saying with, much. W- without saying much, but you could feel it at, at, in the audience. Cool. I, we need to see it. Derek and I have talked I about. I want to see it. Yeah, because we can. I mean, Derek illegally streams mu- music and no, movies Steve all the time. <laughs> Steve, that's, what's, that's Steve's thing. He's right. a, he's Honestly, The Revenant is a, is a movie you should see in theaters. That's what we heard. So, I mean... I wouldn't want to ruin kind of the masterpiece that was created by streaming it, pirating it. Okay, because I heard it's a lot of... I mean, yeah. we talked about this in this cinematography section too, but um, you said it was all shot in natural light, which is really hard to do. Um, I, I read an article that was in the Rolling Stones that Leonardo DiCaprio basically almost died every day on set. Yeah. Like it was, he was dunked in freezing cold water, and then like he wasn't physically attacked by a bear, but he might as well yeah. have been for that scene. So he got his butt kicked the whole time, and <laughs> so did Tom Hardy, and you could really tell, kind of, with their acting, you know, that this was a, a hard movie to film, create, and just their portrayals of the of the characters they they represented. Um, I, th- I think it's gonna it'll it'll bring it home. Nice. Uh, also nominated is Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. Um, he played uh, a reporter investigating, you know, the terrible uh, molestation and um, mm-hmm. sexual abuse crimes uh, that actually occurred in Boston and throughout the rest of the country um, in the 
in the 1980s and 1990s. A great performance, but I'm not sure he's going to bring it home. Next, we have Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, a movie I didn't see, and it's a movie not really getting too much hype. Um, aside for... I mean, it is getting a lot of hype because it's nominated for Best Picture, but it's, I think, kind of on the lower tier of, right. of, those, of those films. Uh, it's a movie I haven't seen and really haven't heard much about aside from of the nominations. Right, right. Uh, and then last, I think, actually... Who will bring it home is Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Gotta He's be bringing Sylvester. Back Rocky Balboa. Uh, it's a forty-year-old franchise. Surprisingly, he hasn't won. Um, He's never won an Oscar. He's never won an Oscar before. He's uh, not a great. In, in, I mean, I, in, in my opinion, he's not the greatest actor, but the, was, the character of Rocky transcends time, and ca- being able to portray him forty years later, uh, the same character yeah. with kind of the skill he's he's almost rocky's almost a real person there's statues of him in philly like yeah he he deserves i mean it's it's stupid to say that's why he deserves it but if maybe it wasn't acted that well back in the day but if if you can make that kind of effect on people i don't know right i think it i think it's deserves something something and this was great we we saw it um and it was spectacular uh i think um sylvester stallone does an excellent job as older rocky old wise Rocky I think people went into the movie <coughs> with uh, not high expectations and then kind of at the culmination and walking out of the movie were pleasantly surprised with all the performances and the movie itself so I think that's going to speak highly with the Academy right so there you go so, so that, I'm going to pick Sylvester Stallone nice so Sylvester Stallone for best supporting actor uh, best actor in a supporting role so then we have the big ones now actress in a leading role Yep, so actress in a leading role. It's another big one. Uh, there's also some uh, movies in here I haven't seen, but <laughs> I can make an educated guess. Uh, I'm just going to run through the, the nominees really quick. First is Kate Blanchett and Carol. Um, like I said, a movie I fortunately haven't seen. It doesn't really spark my interest, but <laughs> I'm sure she did a great job. Uh, next, we have Jennifer Lawrence and Joy. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence has been the sweetheart of the Academy for the past few years. Yeah. Um, I think she's taken home uh, one Oscar for uh, American Lining. Hustle, or Silver Linings Playbook. One of the two. Yeah, one of the two. And then she's also been nominating a few other times. Uh, but I'm kind of over her, and I don't think uh, <laughs> Me too. I don't think she's going to win. Okay. Me too. Uh, next, we have Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. Honestly, no idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> Not really the best... Uh, <laughs> expert here, but I don't think anyone else has ever heard of a Rara Age either. Yeah. Unsubscribe. Uh, and then we have Cersei Ronan in Brooklyn. I haven't seen this. My girlfriend saw it. She said it was a really good movie, but uh, probably not So the question is, do you trust that judgment? Do you trust that opinion? I, no, but no. She, <laughs> she sw- uh, swayed my vote, and I'm going to go with Brie Larson, a movie I did see in Room. That nice. movie, um, if you haven't seen Room, I'm sure you've heard about it. It's about uh, a woman who is uh, Kidnapped, or not kidnapped, but um, what's the word? Held captive. Held captive by basically a, a, a sexual abuser um, for seven years, and during that seven years, he uh, Brie Larson's character gets pregnant and has a baby in captivity and has to raise the little boy uh, in this basically like seven by eight foot room for five years, uh, and then. They managed to, spoiler alert, break out, but I think that's yeah. kind of known. Yeah. And then kind of the rest of the movie is about how they acclimate to society after being in captivity for, for that long. And it's right. her performance is definitely deserving of the nomination and I think also of the win. I heard it's um, from a few different people that's like emotionally draining. Like it is a almost like a workout. Definitely body. emotionally draining. Um, th- there really aren't, isn't much... Uh, aside from the rescue of like happiness in the movie, but well. you can you can feel the kind of the emotion and the struggle and just you know the, the terror uh, that she went through. Right. Um, Ooh. Uh, but it, it's it's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's good. It's a sigh of relief. Yeah. Sigh of relief. Spoiler. Brie Larson is living fine. <laughs> She's got a million dollars and maybe an Oscar on the way. <laughs> yeah. And definitely an Oscar if we're going to go by by Murph's predictions and it's Murphy's Law. So Definitely an Murphy's Oscar. Murphy's Law. So there you go. Actress in a leading role right, is going to be Brie Larson. Now, now for the, the hot topic. The big dogs. 
the big dogs, the actors, <laughs> the leading role. Uh, first, we have Brian Cranston uh, in Trumbo. He's playing Dalton Trumbo, who is uh, a American hi- uh, historical screenwriter and novelist uh, who underwent uh, severe uh, prejudice because everyone thought he was a communist, or he was a communist. Um, I ha- unfortunately haven't seen this movie. Brian Cranston, though, he- he's a legend. He played Walter White on Breaking Bad. And my ha- favorite shows. And Hal on Malcolm in the Middle. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure he he delivered a great performance. I just unfortunately hadn't gotten around to seeing it. Um, but the rest... Uh, and then also another movie I haven't seen, unfortunately, uh, is Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl. Uh, he plays, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, cross-dressing female uh, in, in that period piece. Um, Eddie Redmayne won last year for p- portraying Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. Oh, nice. um, so he is also kind of the a golden boy of the right. Academy lately. Um, so he's always in the running for things, and I'm sure this this portrayal was definitely deserving and something difficult to portray, but I just unfortunately haven't seen it. Uh, then the next couple movies, uh, one is Matt Damon in The Martian, um, uh, which was an awesome movie. Uh, and an even better book you heard here second. <laughs> uh, but he portrayed basically a, a NASA astronaut who was left on Mars. Do you um, think, unfortunately, by his crew, and then he has to survive for three years before they can rescue him, basically. Do you think that movie, because it was weirdly nominated as a comedy in a few different award ceremonies, I think yeah. maybe the Golden Globes, yeah. and it won Best Comedy. Like, would you, how do you feel about that? Because I, I, I didn't think it was a comedy. I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't a yeah, comedy. I thought that was kind of whoever was the, the movie runner or showrunner, I guess, for, for that award season wanted to put it in as a comedy because they knew it couldn't stand up to yeah. other movies like The Revenant and Spotlight and Room, um, which is why they, they kind of pigeonholed it as a comedy um, because it it was clearly better as yeah. a comedy than the other it's a, movies. It's a better movie than other comedies, but <laughs> right, it's, not, but it's right. not a better drama than other dramas. Yeah, okay. Um, but Matt Damon nonetheless played... A great character. He had to act, you know, basically for the whole movie by himself, yeah. and basically do outer monologue, kind of describing what he was going through, um, and his thought process and uh, plans on how to survive. Obviously, acting by yourself and carrying a movie like that uh, is difficult, and he was able to, you know, pull it off. And then, last but not least, oh, you skipped. oh nope, I skipped one. Yeah. Sorry. Um, next, we have Michael Fassbender and Steve Jobs. Like I said, I haven't seen it. There have been uh, you know, a couple Steve Jobs movies out there. I don't know what makes Michael Fassbender <laughs> the better Steve the Jobs. The better Steve Jobs than Ashton Kutcher and <laughs> other people who have played him before. Um, but according to the Academy, he kind of stood out. Um, He's a good Steve Jobs, I yeah, guess. Great at it. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to pick him. <laughs> my uh, my golden boy, yes, the Italian stallion, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> in The Revenant. I think... Uh, it's a sixth nomination. If you haven't heard it here, I think people are betting on uh, Leo to go all the way and take this one home. I don't know if it's a culmination of of him being nominated so many times and not getting it that people kind of are giving him a pity Oscar. Right. I don't think that's the case, though. Uh, the other movies aren't uh, that good. I mean, I haven't seen a few of them, but I, I saw The Martian, and if that compares, it was it, you're right, it's not a better drama than the others. Um Steve Jobs is just a Steve Jobs movie. I haven't seen it, but I can assume what it is. I don't right. know. Right. I think at least if I w- yeah. if I had to watch all the trailers, I'd be like, The Revenant is an Oscar movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think the question really becomes whether, like you said, the Academy is going to give the career longevity bias towards Leo or not. I mean, if they do, I think it's it's game, set, match, right? I mean, because yeah. everybody can recognize that the, the guy obviously deserves one at this point in his career. Just give him one but for... But the question is whether they will actually factor that in or not. Even even as you're saying, maybe if they don't factor that after, in, he still gets it. After seeing the movie, like, if this was a no-name actor and he delivered the same performance as Leonardo DiCaprio, I still think it would have been worthy of nomination yeah. for, okay. for an Oscar. My- so I think... The name factor with his history and the performance that he delivered, I think it should gets him over the top. So gets my, him over the top. I have a question for both of you: If Leonardo doesn't win this time around, do people boo during the Oscars? Like if 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 they no. say I don't I don't think so. Brian Cranston, do, do, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll boo. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think they'll so. boo, but I think Leo will go on a huge bender, and I would <laughs> want to be a part of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, I think one thing is for sure is that uh, if Leo doesn't win, pretty soon you'll see him pick up a supporting role or two to get the Oscar. I mean, I mean, if Leo if Leo picks up a supporting role, he's going to win. Um, because I don't think he's not a supporting kind of guy. He's a lead I, I, actor. Well, I mean, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's but, not a but supporter. He, he will. He will someday pick up a supporting role to get that Oscar. There's no way he retires without getting the Oscar. All so, right, so can, Murph, you're you're picking. He's going to get it this year. Because Murph, Murph this year. It. All right, perfect. Yeah. Now, now the big Kahuna. The big Kahuna. There's a lot. Are there the always this picture. many? Yeah. Recently, uh, the Oscars. I think they expanded the category or the number of nominees to like up to like eight or nine. I think this year there eight. are eight. I think in years past there might have been a little bit more, which is kind of kind of crazy how you can nominate this many films. I guess just being recognized um, as a Best Picture nominee it, it speaks volumes for what the film is. So I think by expanding the number of nominees, it kind of gives more recognition for the no, for the amount of yeah, films. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you, yeah, and just in general, good. more films and TV and, and stuff are being made these days. So I think by expanding the category. Uh, the, the Academy did that to accommodate for it. But there can only be one, Murph. But there can only be one. Uh, let me just run through the, the Best Picture nominees again. It's a bunch of movies we've referenced before. But uh, first, in alphabetical order, no uh, special <laughs> special order here. First is The Big Short, uh, starring, starting, uh, starring Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. Uh, and... Do we, do we need to describe the no, movies again? No, just run through them. Right. Bridge of Spies, Steven Spielberg film, Tom Hanks uh, was the lead actor in that one with that other guy who we forget already. Uh, <laughs> then we have Brooklyn with Cersei Ronan. Uh, and then who cares about that one? And then <laughs> we got Mad Max, Fury Road, Pure Adrenaline, Witness. <laughs> then we have uh, The Martian, Ridley Scott, Matt Damon. Uh, the Revenant, Alejandro Inarritu. Leo and Tom Hardy. Then we got Room, Brie Larson, and Jacob Tremblay. Just a side note: Jacob Tremblay's performance in that movie was awesome. Uh, be look out on the be look at be on the lookout for him uh, in years to come. Mm. And then finally, we have Spotlight. Uh, Tom McCarthy, that BC grad, directed it. Also in the in the film where it was Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, and a couple more. How nice. many of the eight did you see? I saw actually. Six out of eight. That's pretty wow, good. That's pretty good. I know. Pretty good. I didn't see <laughs> Bridge of Spies or Brooklyn. Because why would you? Nah. Yeah. I'll catch them on demand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Catch them on demand. Um, but I, the other ones I actually shelled out my hard-earned dollars for to go see in theaters except for one. But I don't want to admit to it in case anybody from uh, right, right. the FBI, FBI is, watch, is listening. You got a free ticket. You got a free ticket. Out. Yeah. yeah, someone gave you a free ticket. You don't want to be like Derek and download all this. Yeah, like Steve does every weekend. Weekly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, what's your pick, man? The people are waiting. So my pick actually is going to be Spotlight. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, being an Irish Catholic and uh, BC boy, <laughs> uh, this, this one hits a little close to home, and I thought it was just... Direct and being also being from Boston, it, the, I thought the movie was you know excellent. Um, you know the the story that they played uh, they portrayed was obviously horrendous. And before going into it, I don't think we kind of because we didn't grow up during the the scandal, but yeah. the scope and the size of uh, the scandal uh, was tremendous and was kind of unbelievable. Um, and the film did a great job of kind of. Portraying the the reporters uh, on cra- cracking the case and um, and at the end kind of left you your jaw on the floor um, and I think the acting and directing editing and cinematography all around was excellent. Um, everyone should go see Spotlight uh, or wait for it to come out on demand. Uh, all right, it's a hot take. I don't know. I think the I, I can see that happening. I mean, the others. The are Revenant was a close second choice of mine, but I think. Uh, I think the spotlight might pull it spotlight up. Spotlight takes Spotlight's it. You heard win. it here second. Heard it here second. Murphy's, Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Spotlight to win the Oscars. <laughs> so there it is. If you haven't seen it, either go to the movies or talk to Derek. He knows a guy yeah, who yeah. can get you that movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll check. With, <laughs> I'll check with Steve. I can get his name for you guys. He, okay. he, he, he talks to him, spot, talks to him every every day. It seems <laughs> like. Um, so Murph, thanks again. James Murphy joins us for Murphy's Law, and he breaks down the Oscars. And uh, if you guys just go play some bets or something on Murph's picks, you'll probably win a lot of money because Murph's gonna be right for most you, of these. You can bet on anything these days. <laughs> <laughs>
Anything that can be bet on. Anything that can be bet on will be bet on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for the time, Murph, and we'll see you next time we have you on. Always a pleasure, Murph. Later. All right. And thanks again to Murph. And now we move into the third quarter, which is also sponsored by amydoingthings.com. So uh, this third quarter brought to you by amydoingthings.com. In case you missed it in the last segment, amydoingthings.com is a blog written by Amy. And if you know Amy, you should go and read it. And if you don't know Amy, you should also go and read it. So that's amydoingthings.com, sponsoring two segments in one show. Amydoingthings.com. I say give it a look. Hey, if you haven't, I mean, just check it out. Why not? Like You weren't going to check it out after the second quarter. You got to check it out now. I mean, they're sponsoring the third quarter, too. Um, and this is the one I think that amydoingthings.com really wanted to sponsor, which is The Bachelor Talk. The Bachelor Talk. Which is what we, we live for nowadays. I'm so bummed. <laughs> so... So we'll start. Yeah, this was this was down to the wire. And so, as usual, spoilers uh, in this segment uh, for the episode that aired tonight, uh, last night, if you're listening on Tuesday, um, for this episode that came right down to the wire. And Steve, you almost nailed what looked like was going to be a great pick. Listen, it's ironic because this was the episode I was most actually excited about to watch, not just watch it because we have to watch it. And it was so stupid and I hated it. Like, this was probably my least favorite episode by far. Um, they, We'll go into it, but I had basically, I had JoJo going home and he sent Amanda home. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole episode, they give you no indication, indication that at all gone. that anyone besides JoJo is going home at all. And then all of a sudden, Amanda goes home. So it's kind of like, why bother with that whole episode if they're, if they're just going to show you whatever they want? Um, That's the, the magic edit- of editing. The editing is, is stupid, though, because like I want to actually, I want to see the bad dates. I want to see why he sent someone home, not just oh he had a great date with the kids, but he sent her home and she had a, he had a terrible date with JoJo and he kept her. I yeah, mean, and it makes you lose a little bit of faith in the show. I think when, when, when it was, and we pointed out when we were watching the date with Amanda. It they they even segments of the date with Amanda they made it look like the kids were ignoring Ben. They made it look like the, like the kids were feeling yeah. awkward about what Ben was they saying. Edit, they, 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 that's how they edited it together. They like, edited drama with two-year-old kids. Like, yeah. yeah, and like Ben would say something, and the kids would kind of just look at them, look at him with like a blank face, and it's like that was probably not the way that interaction went. <laughs> um, like they didn't, they weren't weirded out by what he said. Um, so yeah, I think some of the editing is discouraging, particularly with the trailers and the leading into the commercials. Yeah. Like you said, this entire episode gave no indication that. That Amanda was the one going home, and it was pretty heavily hinted that JoJo was going home. Multiple things, like her her ex boyfriend was in the picture. Her family hated right, him. Right, and like, there was a lot of different reasons for JoJo to go home, and he's just like, "Well, Amanda, sorry." Yeah, and, and 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 you can almost by the time it got to the end, it's like it almost like a flip switched, and it's like you realize that's what they had done. Like, yes. like it's like it's like you realize as they were about to read the last rose, it's like oh. They did this on this two whole hours. episode. They, they just they misled you the whole time. Two so, hours of nothing. Two, <laughs> you could, you, you but you still have to watch. You have to watch. You, you could have flipped it. the coin. By the way, Murph's still here for those of <laughs> yeah. you who are wondering. Murph's still here making comments. <laughs> um, so, so, Murph, what did you think of the episode? Uh, I thought emotions were high. <laughs> Higher than they've been, obviously, on other, other episodes. Yes, we're coming definitely. down to the wire. So these girls are obviously vested. Uh, and by coming home to, you know, bringing Ben home to their hometowns, it has a whole other level. Um, and it's unfortunate for Amanda because she has to, she's brought back to California for one night, gets axed and then has to go back home and to explain yeah. to her little girls who was that random man with all those car- uh, <laughs> yeah. cameras. Yeah. Uh, unfor- yeah. and she, unfortunately she, yeah, that's going to be, yeah. that's what, a tough break. Yeah. What a, a bad episode or a bad time to get rid of. The only contestant with kids. Yeah. The minute you meet her kids, like, oh, I yeah. met your kids, but that's not the reason. That's it's I real just, tough to sell her that. Yeah. Uh, and and it's like, th- th- I agree completely. It's it's kind of, it, I I guess you don't know what he has to do if if that's just the way he feels and that's the person that he thought should go home. But it's like you'd almost really wish that he had thought that through a little more yeah. before. It's, it's a bad look for ABC, owned by Disney. Uh, yeah. Who's you know obviously a family based. Right. biggest company in the world yeah. uh, on the episode of the hometowns Ben sends home uh, the single mom with two kids yeah uh, after having a great date with them yeah right. and, and having no indication that anything went wrong um, so a little foresight or producer uh, kind of nudging there would have been 
Yeah. Either, yeah. either send Helpful. her home before or keep her an extra episode. Yeah. And, 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 and what's the difference? And, and you, we, you know, he, you already knew he, he quote unquote loves two people because he tells yeah. two people. So what's the difference? And, and, and he, and we talked about this in that we all like, and, and, and I've, I said this before how we kind of noticed about Ben that he almost feels too bad and can't send, he can't let a girl wait till the ceremony to tell her that it's <laughs> yeah. over. Right. And I said that I was like, you know, is he going to do this to Amanda if he, if he, if he realizes the kids are too much. And you brought up that the producers would never let him do that. And that's another thing where like the, you know, you got, it's, you look at the producers, if they're the ones who almost kind of pushed that and said, you know, you have to wait until the ceremony. That's, that's more unnecessary. Like when she got let go, she said, I wish you would have told me that the day he he might as well have said, I wasn't allowed to, I wanted to, but I wasn't allowed. And that's the thing is, is that you could very easily suspect that the producers would have said that he wasn't allowed to do that at the time because that would ruin the whole drama of the episode. All right. Let's get to the, gets to that. It's, it's tough. Let's get to the crux of it. The the families themselves, <laughs> gold <laughs> gold families. Um, Lauren B's family kind of normal, um, no drama there. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna blow past them. Yeah, except for the question at the end. That was awkward. Which one was that? The fantasy suites from her brother. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that, that is pretty funny. That was that was strange. You're uh, gonna get brothers. FYI, Monday morning or Tuesday morning at school is gonna be a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> I told I told uh, you guys that I think that one of his high school friends definitely dared him to ask. Yeah, what the definitely. Fantasy suites I agree. Like. That little um, that little brother had no idea what the, goes on in the fantasy. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's, um, well, we can get to JoJo's. JoJo's the end. Um, uh, Amanda's family. Amanda's family is fine. They yeah. were nice. The, the yeah. dad asked actual questions like, "Listen, my daughter has daughters, so <laughs> right. So do you want to be a dad right away? Yeah. yeah. Apparently not. Instant yeah. dad or no? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be insta dad? Uh, Murph's ready to be insta dad. Like no, no, I no. You need to ease into it. Apparently, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't just be like boom, two you, kids. Dad. You've you've been <laughs> acting more daddish every day. So. Well, I think the hashtag dad life is a way of life. Uh, we're kind of post college, obviously, and and our first step into that is kind of hosting these tailgates on the yep. weekends and yep. taking responsibility, tucking your shirts in, tucking our yep. shirts in, wearing a watch, wearing watches, belts. Yep. <laughs> Polos, polos into shorts. <laughs> Great hashtag dad look. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, so their family's fine. And then Kayla's family was fine, except yeah, for pretty the, normal. the dad. Except who baby I, can't, dad. I can't get over baby dad. <laughs> like if He looks like a, a toddler in adult clothing. Um, but he was kind of normal. He asked, yeah. Oh, he yeah. asked nice yeah. questions. Their date was cool. Yeah. They made a house and built it. Yeah, Her mom got really into the dinner, which was like yeah. w- like better than the other families, I think, and that she was like, all about kind of making that a thing. Her her brother didn't want to punch Ben or ask <laughs> right. Ben weird questions. Right. So it was like kind of normal. Yeah, I don't think he was even on screen. But one thing <laughs> that weirds me out, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, is adult braces. <laughs> Does that weird you out? Unexpected. <laughs> um, I noticed it. I definitely <laughs> noticed it. Um, uh, well, my dad's a dentist, and so like the first thing I check out normally are people's teeth and. Uh, Adult braces for adult braces. Kind of, mom. Yeah, just go with the Invisalign or something. I don't know. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, relatively, uh, relatively yeah. normal visit. Yes. I mean, uh, and uh, and up to that point, and and to your point, like you said, that those first three visits, all normal, yeah. all you know, relatively. It was easy kind of, to talk to family. It was actually kind of nice to watch something that wasn't super awkward yeah. for two hours, and right. then the JoJo thing happens where his family. His dad is on painkillers and can't even speak. His mom has so much Botox, she can't move her face. And her brothers are this weird, like, they're both, team. Ha- they're they're, both they're, half of a person. And together, it's that like is pinky team in the of brain. The, the, yeah. the pink, pinky in the brain protecting their sister. And they're, like, both in their 30s, it seems like. Yeah. And they're just, they, they combine into this one force that no boyfriend is ever going to conquer. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it just seems very obvious who's going home. Yeah. I mean, Usually you have to be afraid of the... the your girlfriend's dad, but in this case, it was the two brothers. Yeah, absolutely. And it was more just because the one brother wouldn't shut up; he just kept talking. Um, and I get it; like they're old enough yeah. to know what. Like they're old enough to get it. They're old enough to be like, right. "Listen, I know you're kissing three other girls every other day." <laughs> oh yeah, like, their points were va- a lot of their points yeah, were valid for sure. They obviously but it was in an attacking way, exactly, and it was obviously not a good date. Um, and so they lead you to believe. JoJo's going home. Right. And, I, and and for the backstory, your prediction originally was that he sends JoJo home but then regrets it in yeah. the trailer. And that seemed to line up perfectly. Which is going to happen next week. Be, well, true. And it's like, I just and, switched and the dates. Yeah, yeah. And if he, I mean, he sends her home and then he regrets it because he realizes he sent her home more because of her family than her. But that obviously didn't happen this episode. Um, but yeah, so ultimately, pretty misleading episode. Ends yeah. up, Amanda goes home. Uh, so now we got a whole new dilemma. What do you got happening next week? You think it's still JoJo going home? Um... 
you know, now it's it's so hard. It's real what hard is, now. I, I want to hear what Murph thinks first, then I'll, I'll go I back. think Kayla, unfortunately, is probably going to go home next week. Um, I just don't think that her connection with Ben it's is a the little, same as Lauren B's and yeah. JoJo's. But like she was saying, the edits that we get, the little the, the next time on yeah. segments, they tend to make you think a different way. But I don't you know, think that he, could be the power of editing. I agree with you. I, I said this. I think JoJo and Lauren B are his top two. I think so too. Um, his t- two favorite, but they make it seem like he sends one of them home and then loves exactly. Her and her. But but the, in that in that set of editing when they made it seem like he was distraught over someone leaving, I think the clip in this episode when he was like, "I can't do this right now." I think that was in that set of clips. I'm so not, it's like I'm going to try to not fall for this. Yeah, editing you can't thing, trust and it. I'm just going to say his favorite two are Lauren B and JoJo, yeah. and I think they're. Don't I think fall yeah. for the editing, man. Just <laughs> fall for what's what's real. Follow your heart. Not. Follow, Follow your heart. Um, but but also one of the one of the clips on the editing, not not as much of a misleading one, but he does tell somebody that he's loved them for a while, and that. Lauren B seems to match up with that because he's, he's been. He's, yeah, you can't yeah. tell two chicks you love that. I know he did tell the same time two, two days girls. later. You can't do that. Yeah, it's so, bad luck. So, so that. So, what's the pick? You think it's Kayla going home next weekend? Next week, yeah. I'll say Kayla going home next week too. I think it also is Kayla. All right, well, I we got to have some diversity. All right, I'll say, I mean, jo- I'll say jo- Jojo's going home and he misses and, her. And he misses her. her. Yeah. The thing is, I, if he kept Jojo this episode, I can't see him sending her home next episode because it just didn't make any sense for him to keep her this episode. So. Also, um, fun funny thing, we noticed this. We still call Lauren B. Lauren B. Instead of Lauren. Instead of Lauren. <laughs> There's no other Laurens anymore, and she's still Lauren B. Yeah. And will always be. She'll always be Lauren B. Lauren B. Yeah. So there you have it. Any other final thoughts on The Bachelor? Murph, Steve? All Lauren B.'s family well, has really small, small heads, heads small or faces. faces. Usually at this point in the game, we kind of we talked about this um, before the podcast, but for the next season, they usually pick one of the former contestants. So for the next oh, yeah. Bachelorette, it's usually someone who's finished in the top five. Um, some it's most last season. It was the girl who placed third. Her her name was Caitlin, and she was a great Bachelorette. Um, so do you guys have any thoughts on maybe who would possibly be the next Bachelorette? I think Kayla is the next Bachelorette if she really? loses. Really? No think, way. I think, I, I think she's too like bubbly all I the think, time. I think that's what they would want. I think I think it's, I think she fits the profile. I've never uh, watched The Bachelorette. I'm gonna but say I think Lauren H. or Lauren JoJo. H. You said Lauren H. when she got eliminated. That's yep. a pretty good pick. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with Kayla as well because ABC has gotten a lot of slack these past couple of years for having a predominantly white uh, Ooh, cast. That's a hot take. And Bachelor and Bachelorette, and I think Kayla, although she's not doesn't go all the way and he's yeah. african-american obviously i think her filipino background that like we saw today right. um is something that abc might be willing to explore so i think mm-hmm. kayla might be the next bachelorette there you go there and you her go. dad is a riot her da- <laughs> that's <laughs> her, true her, her, her dad yeah. held his own jo- so. jojo's brothers would never let her be on the bachelorette never so, so that that might be out of the equation they would so. fight every bachelor <laughs> all of them all they, they, would, they would just bring them all over and say we're having a big cage fight so uh, so that wraps up The Bachelor. Uh, third quarter and second quarter were both brought to you by amydoingthings.com. So go check that out. Uh, and with that, we move into the fourth quarter. We should blow through these. We'll blow through these. But yeah. Murph will hang around because Murph was involved with these as well. So uh, so the, first, the fourth <laughs> and, quarter. And we can't get him to leave. And, we, and he won't leave no matter how <laughs> many times we ask right? him to. <laughs> so the fourth quarter, we did something very cool this weekend, which I alluded to earlier. Um, for a couple of our friends' birthday, shout out to Jaren Sen. Uh, Jaren Sen, that was nice. Whoa. That was good. Sarah and Jen, uh, who are our friends, um, who are our friends, who are our friends. Um, we did a bar crawl, which was uh, called Get a Clue. Uh, so getacluecrawls.com is the website you can check it out on. And basically, there were three teams that were sent on a bar crawl to six different bars out of twenty. But you had to figure out clues and answer trivia questions and do challenges with your team. To get to find out what the next bar to, was to go to, and then sprint to it, basically all in the first the, team. All in Faneuil went, Hall. Yeah. All in Faneuil so Hall. So we're all area. within. We are, we the, technically it's been within walking distance, but we sprinted to every single one, um, and it was fun. I mean, I I did not. I'm sure you guys had no idea what we were getting into. No and idea. It, and it turned out not to be all. a lot of fun. And yeah. um, Team Wrecking Crew won. So Wrecking I'm kind of happy won. about that. Um, yeah, and we all ended up at the same bar at the end, um, kind of to cap it all off. Yeah, singing some karaoke. <laughs> singing karaoke, you might know what bar that is. Yes. And if you don't, get cultured. <laughs> um, and so get, yeah. get teriyaki sticks. <laughs> One dollar chicken. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so it, it was good, and, and I recommend it to everybody else uh, yeah. who's, who's thinking Easy. about a good event for birthdays, big group uh, in Boston, or I, they probably have it in other cities too. I yeah, so checked, if you're but. looking for something to do now that we're kind of don't want to have birthday parties anymore, we're <laughs> too old for that. But if yeah. you want to, you know, have a bar crawl to celebrate, you know, turning quarter century, it was fun. definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Um, and now, is that are we done with that section? Yeah. Um, and we're gonna run through two. Quick trivia questions. We're going to do tri- trivia a little different this week because we, we used a lot of time on the other quarters. Um, and I know some people really love the trivia section. Um, so we have two trivia questions. Um, if you can answer these and submit them on the website, first person to get them both right or one of one or the other um, wins a prize. I won't tell you what the prize is. No um, telling. No telling. I'm not going to tell. Um, but yeah, and no using Google because that's dumb. So that's if you don't, really if you don't, they're both both require five answers. If you don't know all five. I'm sorry, it stinks, but you, you don't, don't win. win the prize. Um, okay, so the first one, and this is doable, name five Jennifers, different Jennifers, and the movies that they starred in. So we need the name of a Jennifer, an actress, and a movie that she starred in. Right, and no using Google. No using Google. This was on our bar call. This, this was, was a question on the bar call. Um, no we, Google, but you can use Bing. No Bing. <laughs> no Yahoo. No Who Bing uses either. Bing? No, 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 ask, M, no MSN search. Don't, nothing. Don't ask Jeeves any questions. <laughs> um, and the next one, this is a little tougher, I think. Um, can you name the past five Best Picture winners, Oscar Best Pictures? I think we named a couple of them tonight. Uh, don't give them away. probably alluded to them. I alluded to them, yeah. Yeah, so if you can name the next past five, or maybe, I don't know, five of the past ten, uh, I'll go for that too if you can't get five in a row. Um, but five best picture winners in the in the past couple of years, you will also win a prize. And if you win both, you win both. Double prizes. win, double <laughs> win, two <laughs> prizes, double win, double whammy, two prizes double for you. Uh, so, so that's it. That's so trivia. Is. That's the fourth quarter. That's yeah. the end of trivia. And uh, we'll blow right into the final drive here. So blow right into it. The Derek. final drive. Do we have the same topic in our final drive? Um, I'll let you give your topic, and then I'll go okay. to mine. My topic is about sports. We haven't talked about sports today. So uh, many of you have seen on the internet uh, Pablo Sandoval and Handley Ramirez, the two, the two athletic studs of the Boston Red Sox, who showed up to camp uh, extremely in shape and focused and ready to go. Pablo Sandoval has a gut bigger than maybe anything I've ever seen before in <laughs> pictures. Um, definitely not in shape, has not lost weight since last season like the Red Sox indicated he would. Handley Ramirez showed up to play first base this year for the first time in his career. He does not have a first baseman's mitt yet. That is still waiting on the way. He's been using Mike Napoli's mitt, who is no longer on the Red Sox, who left his mitt behind. So this is a disaster, a, a dumpster fire uh, with the Red Sox two-star players. But I will say this. Um, my take is a little bit hot in this regard in that I'm not as worried as the mainstream media is about this. Um, really, when it comes down to it, Pablo Sandoval has been fat his whole career. <laughs> this is a little bit of an overreaction, I think, because Pablo has always been fat. And nobody cared that he was fat when he was winning in World Series on the Giants and performing well. So I'm going to reserve judgment until he has a terrible start to the season, which he probably will. But uh, until then, I'm going to let it play out and see what happens. Uh, Hanley on the other side. He's going to have some competition at first base with Travis Shaw coming up through the Red Sox organization. So Hanley's going to have to play for his job and keep it. Uh, he's still been a good hitter whenever he's actually been focusing on the field. So uh, my stance right now is that I am worried about these two knuckleheads, but I'm going to reserve judgment a little bit and let the season play out a little bit before I crucify them. So Pretty hot take. That's that. Um, so my final drive is actually about um, Fat Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys... Cool, what would you think of that one? I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but... Dude is fat. Um, he showed up to spring cha- training and said, <laughs> "They said we told you to get in shape," and he said, "Round is a shape." And he is, he dude is big. Um, you're right, probably the fattest person I've ever seen in my life. Um, his nickname is um, the Panda, or the Fat Panda. What's his name? Just Panda. Just Panda. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. Um, anyway, super huge. Um, definitely not an athlete. Not in shape. Really ugly. Uh, probably smells terrible, um, and he is not going to be a good player on the Red Sox. I mean, I'm I'm going to be the opposite side of the coin, um, and take the mainstream media to the other other corner and say maybe the worst baseball player to ever play the In game. History. Um, and this is I love um, ragging on Boston sports because you're a big Boston sports fan, and a lot of our listeners are too. Um, but totally fits within what the Red Sox are pushing. There are a lot of like gross beards. A lot of like big poppies, like really big fat guys. Like Han- or, uh, Manny Ramirez was like a weird <laughs> character. 
Um, so they've got a, like Dustin Pedroia's facial hair goes like up to the bottom of his eyeballs. Like he, they have a weird, weird crew, um, and it works for them. Like the beard thing. Like Mac Napoli had his shirt undone halfway through the season. Um, so this is just one more of those things. Pablo Sandoval shows up and is the fattest dude who's ever played a sport. He's bigger than offensive lineman, uh, but he's going to hit 45 home runs and bat 350, and people are going to forget all about it because it's the Red Sox. There you have it. That's that's my hot take. take. And he smells pretty bad. He does. Probably not as bad as Kelly Olenek, but he smells bad for sure. So that's all we have on episode 11 of You Heard It Here Second. 11 um, episodes. Once again, thank you to our sponsors, Denal Boyd, uh, D-O-N-A-L. B-O-Y-D, Denal Boyd. Search him uh, online to go to his Instagram. He was the sponsor for this episode. AmyDoingThings.com was a sponsor of two of our segments. Uh, thank you to Joey Gomez, the UFC fighter who we interviewed in the first quarter. And, of course, James Murphy, uh, who stuck with us the whole way through from second quarter on uh, to break down everything he's an expert in, which is TV and movies. So uh, uh, any, thanks any, to all those people. Uh, parting thoughts, Murph? No. All right. Alrighty, awesome. What an episode. Thank you again, guys. and see you guys next week. Bye. Uh, later days. That's what I meant to say.